Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for this day and for this time of worship. And we ask now that you would stir up your spirit within us anew that we might hear, that we might receive, that we might act in a way that would glorify you and bless your people. These things we ask in the precious name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. The Exodus reading reminds us that we serve a God who introduces God's self as one who provokes resistance to oppression for the sake of life, true life. We live in a time where, like Moses, many are finding themselves ripe with passion for justice and resistance, a passion that they themselves cannot explain or know its origin. The passion does not meet within the standard by which they have been socialized. Maybe it's you, like Moses, who is off doing your own thing, minding your own sheep, if you would, not giving much attention to anything outside of your own circle, but a bush began to burn, a passion began to rise up, and a burning was stirred within you that you could not quench. Moses turning to the burning bush could very well be a metaphor for Moses' turning once again to a deep passion within himself that he had ignored way too long. It is also an invitation to us to give attention to whatever passion is alive in us. But it is good to know that if that passion is one that is planted by God, the God of the universe, it will not leave you. It will refuse to be ignored and it will not be consumed by natural causes. In Matthew's account of the gospel, we find that Jesus understood that his passion was not going to leave him. Instead, it would lead him into challenging times, great suffering and even death. He understood that his passion would lead him to Jerusalem, but he also understood that the cross would not be the end of the story. While it appears that Moses was trying to deny his passion, Jesus was willing to own his, willing to let his passion take him to wherever the Spirit of God would lead. You know, it's a hard thing to swallow to stay true to your passion during challenging times, especially when your passion has caused you to make mistakes or to misunderstand what God is doing in your life. And it's especially hard when those around you are not seeing things the way you believe God is leading. But there are two things in this Matthew text which I contend will help us to stay in line with what God has for our lives. The first is what Jesus says to Peter. Get behind me, Satan. The word Satan means to tempt a human to sin, to tempt a human to move contrary to the will of God. It also means to become a stumbling block, 
So after Jesus rebukes Peter with such a strong rebuke, he also takes it a step further by reiterating what he has already said. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Jesus had to let Peter know and subsequently let us know as well that there can be times when our human passions will get in the way of our God-given passions. There are times when our human passions can make us to be a hindrance to others who are seeking to live into their God-given passion. In other words, our personal agendas, our personal preferences while human desires can very easily cause us to get out of line. I would venture to say that most of us, if not all of us, know that when you're moving forward in life, whether it be spiritually or physically, nothing or no one can be a stumbling block to you unless it or they are out front. They are before you. Peter had, owned, had not only failed to say what was right and good, but he had also placed himself out front of Jesus. Not in a physical sense, but in his line of thinking. He had set his mind on earthly things, human things, things that would appease the world in which Jesus had come to save. This rebuke serves as a caution to us not to put ourselves out front of Jesus, but stay in line with what God is doing in our lives and the lives of others around us. We can so easily get distracted and can so easily misrepresent our God when our minds are on earthly things. It is God's desire for each and every one of us to keep moving forward, to live into that new reality that is ours in Christ Jesus, a reality where we can trust God and we can trust God's goodness in our lives. And we're not seeking to appease our own self-serving agendas or those of the fastest around us. It is our individual call and responsibility to seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, setting our minds on the things above and not on the things on the earth, setting our minds on that which will give life, give life to all, letting love be genuine, hating what is evil, holding fast to what is good, loving one another with mutual affection, rejoicing in hope, being patient in suffering, persevering in prayer, blessing those who persecute you, rejoicing with those who rejoice, and weeping with those who weep, living in harmony with one another. Not being overcome by evil, but overcoming evil with good. The second phrase that begs our attention in this Matthew text, and is there to help us stay in line, has to do with what Jesus said to the group as a whole. This is the strategy God has for us to live out our passion and community with others. Jesus turns to his disciples saying, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. 
when we are in proper alignment with our Lord Jesus Christ, we do allow the spirit of Christ within to take the lead. And we discover that there's a point where we dare not come any closer, a point where we must take off our shoes and we must acknowledge that the ground upon which we stand is holy ground. There is a point at which we must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Christ. Referring once again to the Hebrew text, we see that even though God called Moses to give up his ambivalent life in order to be in community and to be in solidarity with the Hebrew people, God's message to Moses about who God is is one that we can all count on as we continue this journey. I am who I am. In other words, I will be who you need me to be. Denying yourself does not mean considering yourself worthless. It does not mean letting other people abuse you or inflict pain upon you. Nor does it mean that you are supposed to feel bad and not good about yourself and what's going on in your life. In asking us to deny ourselves, our Lord is not standing off on the sideline cheering us on in our own self-denial and suffering. He is there leading and guiding us along the way, being who we need him to be. Self-denial is not so much about seeking to sacrifice or to make a sacrifice, but rather it's about accepting what flows naturally from a place where we truly and deeply love other people. That place where we trust that God will be there in every situation, no matter what. And you know, the truth is, when we want the best for everyone, we become willing to live with a little less for ourselves. And we can be ever mindful in living with that less that God knows our every need. And God will supply all of our needs according to God's riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And then there's that cross. Can't live with it, can't live without it. Persecution, hardships, and suffering. Blessed is the one who is persecuted for my name's sake, says the Lord. You know, just as we don't have to seek to self-deny, likewise, we don't have to seek to find a cross. You know, we have the saying about the cowbell when we're being called to meals, that the cowbell will find you. It's the same thing. The same thing applies to that cross. The cross will find you. You don't have to go looking for it. You see, the cross that we are called to bear to take up is the consequence we encounter for following Jesus in a world that operates contrary or counter to the new life that God has reserved for us in Christ Jesus. And when that cross shows up, the hardships, the persecution, the challenges, if you're like me, you really don't want to deal with them. You really don't want to bear them. 
But Christ lets us know that when the cross finds us, we must carry it. For the race is not given to the swift or to the strong, but to the one who perseveres unto the end. And I would venture to say that when the cross finds you, and you're living in the passion planted by God, you will carry it. Not because you want to, but because it means walking in agreement with the passion within. I'm convinced that in the suffering we endure because we are bearing the cross of Christ is a consequence of the love that Christ calls us to, loving our neighbor as ourselves. Though crosses find us, encouragement is found when we allow Christ to be first and foremost in our lives. When we let Christ lead the way, when we are willing to follow. You ever have those conversations with God when you're telling God, Lord, I don't like what I'm seeing, I don't like what I'm feeling, but I put it all in your hands, trusting that you are going to lead the way, the way to goodness and life. Now, when I'm able to do that, God always comes through. And I get to experience anew the Jehovah God, the one who spoke to Moses, the great I am. I get to see the truth of the matter, even if it means that I get to see some error within myself. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me, Christ says. Have you ever wondered if Peter was really listening to Jesus or did he just hear what he wanted to hear? Prior to Peter's rebuke, the scripture says that Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great sufferings at the hand of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. What I hear in that text, in that phrase, is that your passion will take you where you don't want to go. There will be serious challenges involved. But the time will come when you shall experience a new life and a brighter day. The one who has ears to hear, let him hear. When we listen to all that Jesus has to say to us, when we soak in the whole truth of the story, we are less likely to grow weary in well-doing. We will see glimmers of the resurrection in the midst of self-denial and cross-bearing. We may even hear in a new and different way our Lord's promise, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. I think Matthew captures in this text our Lord's encouragement to all of us to stay in line with what God is doing. 
allowing our thinking and our being to be in alignment with how, how our Lord is leading is what we need in order to be able to follow Christ. Step by step. Even when it seems like the spirit is moving in a different direction than we want or think. So let us be ever mindful that we already know the end of the story. And God, by God's great mercy, has already given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept for us all. May we stay in line that we might fully receive. Amen.